0: Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd Hello and welcome to Nick's Nerd News, I'm your host Nick. In today's top stories, we've reached the conclusion of a video game, News on More, also We've had a dump of trailers, and TV is as hot as ever. Also in the news, we have a final review on The Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, and a Halo loot crate drops in. Now, let's get to the stories. <laughs> as always, it, it's uh, a bit of a, a joke here for me to kind of pretend that it's like an actual news program, hence the name Nixner News. You know, I, I am Nick, I, I am your host. It's it's kind of obvious at the at. At the start, right? What what are we at? Thirty episodes now, huh? Thirty deep friends. And kind of what I wanted to talk about, not not a whole lot going on just because it was Thanksgiving week and, and all that, but you know, with that I, I had some more free time to, to do a little bit more than I normally would. And I was able I was able to finish all three Spyro games. I'm at ninety percent on the first one. 99% on Spyro 2, Ripto's Rage, and 98% ninety eight on Spyro Year of the Dragon. Now, that took about, oh, just about 40 hours, I'd say. The only reason, I mean, that that's really the bulk of what I wanted to do. I, I've pretty much done everything in, in all the games, minus, minus a few gems in the first two games. And then I have a couple, I have gems, and then like, two dragon three dragon eggs left in in the third game but surprisingly able to finish all those in less time than it took to beat red dead so uh what I put about 11 hours into the third game i think around 1011 in the in the second game and probably about just under that in the first game so maybe maybe about 30 hours not even 40 but some things i really noticed i liked that was cool was that the, con- the light on the PS4 controller, the du- DualShock 4, I should say, actually changes color depending on your health bar with sparks. You know, in, in uh, Spyro, sparks is your health meter, essentially, the little dragonfly that flies around with you. And depending on how many hits you have left, uh, he'll change color from, from yellow to green to essentially not there. And I, I didn't notice this until almost halfway through the third game, but the controller light actually changes... To match sparks in your health bar. And on top of that, it's made me realize how shitty the battery life is on the DualShock 4. In the span of I don't know, three days of, of, of playing a lot of Spyro, I have had to charge the DualShock 4 about four times. Which if I was doing the same on my on my Xbox with the play and charge kit, so rechargeable battery, not, not double A's or anything. I probably have to charge once a week. Maybe every two to three weeks, depending on, on my play habits. But if I were to put in the same amount of time on Xbox as I did with the PS4, 100% I would not have to charge my controller as much. And it's like, what what the hell? Why, I shouldn't have to be charging my controller this often. Like, it, it's 2018. This is a brand new controller. It's that 500th uh, five, whatever the the special edition controller I have the the blue crystal one that came out a couple months ago. Like, th- this is fucking ridiculous that I have to do this now, of of all things. Like, it it it's frustrating that I have to be. Granted, my my consoles aren't far from where I sit, so that the wired has, I have no issue with the with the wired aspect of it. It it's the just the fact that I have to be plugged in to keep playing. ...is what's frustrating. I I shouldn't have to do that now. I mean, granted, I can just plug it in and then leave it if I'm done playing for the day... ...and it can charge overnight and all that bullshit, but still. It's ridiculous that the batteries suck that much in a DualShock 4. That I have to constantly recharge them. But, um, I I don't remember what I said last week. I think I gave Spyro an 8.5 at a... between 8.5 and 9... Um, I'd, I'd have to now. I'd give it like an eight point seven now, final review score. Because while they're really fun, like I said, I, I remember and I remember playing them as a kid. And I played them all before. They were easier than I remembered, but that's just gonna happen anyway. But on top of that, I was a little disappointed in just some of the things that happened with the second and third game in in terms of the remaster. There, there was a lot of reused assets in the third game, and I don't remember if. If that happened in the original ones, mainly because I, I know the original ones were like on a time crunch and Sony was like demanding that Insomniac get those games out really quickly. So I'm sure there could have been reused assets at least between 2 and 3 originally. But, you know, that that leaves a lot more space for um, uh, uh, expanding on the ideas, the, the the designs and things like that for uh, Ripto's Rage and Year the Dragon for this remaster. Because... They took the time and, and did 100 individual dragons for the first game. I think it's 100 or something, just over that. They they couldn't do that with, with three, with the baby dragons. There's 150 of them. I mean, yes, I know that's a lot, and maybe, again, they might have been under time constraints from Activision this time, but if you're going to do a full-on remaster and do different things in the first one, but then it seems like they got kind of lazy in the third one, that that's that's on them, and then I've noticed some other things with the game. Like I started no- noticing some incos- inconsistencies with with the storytelling and things like that. It's like apparently dragons haven't been around for a thousand years in the third game yet. Characters know the professor from the second game, and characters just automatically know who Spyro is sometimes. And I'm just like, what where's the communication happening? I I don't I don't understand. So is, is Avalar from the second game now part of the section in the third? I, it does it just doesn't make any sense. But I still had a lot of fun. Now I can go back and finish some other games before Just Cause comes out in December. And then that way I can get all this stuff done and just have everything done. And, and, and I'm free to go then on January 29th when Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. And speaking of Kingdom Hearts 3, they did announce that it is finished, production has completed. They also released a brand new trailer, which apparently has been also been been shown off in cinemas worldwide. I'm, I'm guessing with uh, Wreck-It Ralph 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet, and that that's probably what's going along with that. But I, I will say, the new trailer is really cool. Again, it's just showing off some of the main worlds from this new one, nothing really new. Uh, mainly Toy Story. Uh, uh, what is it? Um, Tangled, Rapunzel. You know, uh, you finally get to play more in Mount Olympus from from Hercules and Frozen. So, hopefully, there's oh, and uh, the new Pirates section. Hopefully, there's a little more than that because each game, the first two games at least, added a whole lot on to on to the other ones that it, that didn't have it before. So we're still. Two months out, two months out by the time this publishes, so I don't know if any more trailers are going to come out, but hopefully more news and, and, and things regarding what's going to be new and what to expect in Kingdom Hearts 3. Also, it uh, looks like we had talked about Telltale closing a couple weeks ago, and there had been rumors about Skybound maybe taking up the mantle and finishing the final season of the Walking Dead game which is actually now true. Skybound has announced that they have commenced work on what remains of the final season of The Walking Dead, uh, Telltale's The Walking Dead, and they did bring on some former Telltale employees to help finish the game, which is really awesome. And I I remember I mentioned a while back that it was super meta that Skybound is the one finishing The Walking Dead games because Skybound is owned by Robert Kirkman, who also created The Walking Dead comic. So that's just kind of... It's coming full circle, essentially. Also, let's see what's going on here. Marvel is going to be publishing comics based off the mega-hit MOBA, League of Legends, which is not surprising at all because League of Legends is huge. It's one of the few games that was able to be mainstream for eSports before Fortnite came around. It's very popular. Uh, It's created by, by Riot Games out of L.A., so that that's really cool that Marvel's going to start doing that. I know a lot of people like those characters and and the things that have to do with it. Uh if if you if you have an idea of of like MOBAs which are massive online battle arenas, uh, Dota 2 it would be one of them and some some other things. Uh I I I don't I just know those are the two biggest. But yeah, uh I, speaking of other PC games, uh, in Exile, who was recently recently purchased by Microsoft, did come out and announce that their two upcoming games, Wasteland 3 and The Bard's Tale 4, will still be releasing on PlayStation 4. No word on if those are going to be published by Microsoft or not, um, since I'm sure their original publishing deals are still in place. But this is going to be the second time uh, what amounts to a Microsoft-published game to appear on PS4 uh, with, with Minecraft, essentially. But, granted, Minecraft came out for that post the purchase, if I'm not mistaken. So, there's that. And then, just finally, when it comes to video games, like I said, slow week with video... Oh, no, sorry. That's not true. There's a couple things I still have left to say. A Spanish voice actor claims he has recorded for a new unannounced Mortal Kombat game, yet he didn't clarify if it was Mortal Kombat 11 Or some other Mortal Kombat game. Uh, This was in Spain. Apparently he's the voice of... um, What what did they say?
1: I don't care. Whatever.
0: Not important. Because apparently they took his voice out and they didn't confirm if this was true or not. It's just some Spanish actor saying what he felt like saying because he got taken off a project. So take that with a massive grain of salt. And then finally... Whoever ever thought that Tamagotchis would be a thing again in, in 2018? Granted, they're not... Um, no word on a U.S. release. This is mostly just Japan. But a Eevee-branded Tamagotchi that will be coming out in partnership with the Pokemon company will be released. With the first ever Pokemon... So it's a, the first ever Pokemon-branded Tamagotchi. And you know sure as hell that people are going to be demanding this thing here in the States. But it's only about 20 yen... Uh, sorry, $20, and the the yen breakdown is a whole lot more than that. But uh, only Japan, coming out next year. I'm sure a lot of people are upset that it's not coming to the U.S., but who knows, that, that could come since I did see that Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee is selling very well, very well. Uh, one of the fastest-selling Switch games since Switch released. So that, that that's a good thing. That's, uh, that's kind of it for video games, actually. We're just chugging right along today, aren't we? Uh, TV. Let's talk about some TV. Uh the the Arrowverse was firing on all cylinders this week. Um, the Arrow flash forwards—that was the one of the most intriguing parts of this week's episode, with uh, what they're kind of going forward with. Um, was it Roy and Dinah and uh, uh, William? William, who's who's Oliver's son, but it seems like they're kind of hinting at that Felicity might have become a villain and. After she started Smoke Tech and she actually started calling herself the Calculator, which is a famous Batman villain and was actually her father in the show's continuity because Arrow likes to take a lot of Batman villains and repurpose them for their own needs here. But, well, well, I, I don't know what they're trying to tell with that, but it, but it's interesting. It's going somewhere that the flashbacks never really went to because the flashbacks had to be, were kind of beholden to what was going on in the current storyline. Whereas the flash forwards can kind of tell their own thing, cause they're far enough removed that they don't have to rely on what's going on in the current episode, and they can kind of uh, forge ahead and and create their their own new path, which I really like. Also in that episode, uh, they brought back Anatoly, who's kind of been there since was it season two, who's actually the KG Beast, who is a, a famous Batman villain, and I think it's the first time in in the Arrowverse that they actually allowed him to use his his Alter his alter ego name, which I really like. Nice, nice callback to his his true his true nature, his character. He's a, a bratva. He's the head of the bratva, essentially in 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 the Arrowverse, and really really cool. And they they gave him a nice send off, if if you will. I'm I'm sure he'll be back though at some point. They do that almost every season at this point. The Flash introduced Icicle as a villain, uh, which just happened to be Caitlin's father in this instance, and really intriguing. Villain, because we haven't had an, a proper ice villain on the Flash in in quite a while since Wentworth Miller left um, after being done essentially with Captain Cold, and this one has the same powers as Caitlin. They're kind of dealing with this dual dual identity thing that Caitlin deals with, and and how essentially like bringing a lost loved one back, and and how people interact with that situation, which which I really liked actually how Caitlin was so was so blindsided by her father being back and actually being alive that she didn't realize that it really wasn't her father and was his alter ego icicle who's a a flash villain ice powers obviously and they kind of allowed him to kind of fully transform without needing to use too many special effects or anything like that and very somewhat practical which was nice i still don't trust what they're doing with nora though um the flash flash's daughter essentially I, i don't know where this is going, uh, it would be intriguing to see how this pays off in, at the end. But as of right now, I, I don't I don't trust her very much. Also, how they're going with uh, Cicada, who's like the big bad of the season. Really interesting how they're using Chris Klein and, and kind of going in that story. I like how it's a slow burn, yet he's still around af- uh, affecting and interacting with, with Team Flash in a way that you don't expect. And that's good, because the season's been kind of just dragging along. Legends of Tomorrow, though, always a bright spot. Always a fucking bright spot. This week, they went to 1950 Japan and had to deal with essentially what amounts to a kaiju, but what's really funny is that they actually work in uh, the creator of of Godzilla. You know, they always kind of work in a real person from history and who's being affected by the... ...different things that they're focusing on in that particular season. This one happened to be the creator Godzilla... four years before the original film came out... ...and he gets this magical book that turns whatever he writes or dreams into reality... ...and he dreams this giant octopus. But somehow the legends influence him to to create the king of the monsters essentially... ...and obviously Godzilla. But what I really liked, because it was a Thanksgiving episode... ...and I mentioned last week that Tom Wilson has joined the show... Uh, he was biff tannen in the back to the future movies but at the end of the episode something's going on and he makes a comment like let's make like a tree and leave and his son goes i don't think that's how that goes which is which is not even funny but i laughed so hard because it's a callback to back to the future 2 cuz biff always would get like things wrong and he he was he would always say let's make like a tree and get out of here but that's when old biff who came back from the future knocks him on the head like no you idiot. It's make like a tree and leave. Make like a tree and leave. But it was it was just a nice callback to back to the future and only some people would get it and I just thought it was funnier than it really was in reality. Also really still good show is manifest. Now this show it it's it's not sometimes it's predictable. Sometimes it's it's not. But what I do like is that some episodes have this really supernatural type vibe where and then the next episode will be very grounded and real and that's kind of where we got this week. The story's expanding and and sometimes uh some some people are are going in in ways you don't expect like they're dealing with the deputy director of the NSA because obviously he's involved with something that has to do with people who are missing for 5 years especially when it comes to national security and things like that. But it's interesting that he's actually now going against the government, per se, and and helping the, the, two main, the two main leads on the show, the brother and sister. But my thing with this is, I don't know how this show is supposed to last more than a season or two. Because if you drag this conflict out way too much, you'll just have another lost on your hands. And that show went on way longer than it should have. Like, I, I don't know... I don't know if they planned on having multiple seasons for this show, but I, I really see two seasons as the max, because I'm going to start getting bored. Like, you can't drag on a ridiculous mystery like this forever, but have it move forward so quickly at the same time. So, I don't, I don't want to give anything away, because this is, is, this is that kind of show that it, it's fun to, to speculate and talk about, but if you don't watch it, it, it I don't want to bore you guys, but I also don't want to give away if you plan on watching it, so that that's... I'm kind of... Li- living on this edge right now with this show but what what I want to know is what's the long-term goal because I don't know if if they'll be able to keep people for more than than a season or two just with this plot line because people don't even care like look look at a real life scenario that flight Malaysian Airlines flight what 3 se- I don't even remember the number but 371 or something just disappeared we couldn't find any traces that was the talk of the town for what a couple months Granted, if it had been found or the people miraculously landed a couple years later, it would be talked about forever, but people's attention spans are not what they used to be. So, again, I don't know the long-term success of this show manifest, but that's all I have to say about that. We got some more news, at least this time, from George R. R. Martin himself. Uh, he was talking about the Game of Thrones spinoff, which had been... Rumored to be 10,000 years in the past, but he's like, no, no. In reality, it's like 5,000 years. But when you still go back into the history of of Westeros and Game of Thrones, nerd now on Game of Thrones here for a second, 5,000 years ago, Valeria still wasn't powerful, wasn't even a thing yet. You know, some houses didn't really exist. King's Landing wasn't there. The Red Keep wasn't there. Dragons probably aren't going to be around. So in this new show, we can expect no Targaryens. No King's Landing, and no dragons, and no House Targaryen, essentially. So, more than likely, we'll have the Starks, the Baratheons, the Lannisters, all all the the Tyrells, the main main houses, essentially. Just, they're going to be very different. The power structure and the power struggles are going to be very different. So, don't go into this prequel show expecting it to be like standard Game of Thrones, is, is essentially what he's saying. We also got some pictures from the final season of Gotham, which is being still filming right now, it's premiering in January I think they said, and what I do like is they're going all out for this, for this final season. They're putting Riddler in his traditional Riddler look with question marks all over his like long coat and the bowler hat and all that, and they're even giving Penguin his monocle. I don't know even know how that's going to work, I haven't watched the show in a while, but that's awesome. And he's got his top hat. He's got purple spats. Everything. So I'm very excited. I might, I might hop back into Gotham for a, for its final season. Probably don't even need to watch the season before, cause that show is just off the rails, and I don't think follows any form of continuity in, in any way, shape, or form. But to kind of round out what's going on on uh, TV here, cause it's like I said, slow week, slow week. But uh, we're gonna have, we're gonna talk about movies a lot going to talk about movies a lot. There's a lot of news that came out of the movie front. But just to to round out, it's the last week of November, so we we got some news regarding Netflix. For December, what's leaving is all seven seasons of Sons of Anarchy, Spider-Man 3, Moana, Troy is leaving. I know a lot of people like that movie. And the original Pirates of the Caribbean movie, The Curse of the Black Pearl. So those are all leaving in December. However, we got some good stuff coming in December. 8 Mile great movie, all three of the Friday movies, so Friday, next Friday, Friday after next, maybe that's to help Gage to see if it's worth making a final Friday, or last Friday, whatever they want to call it. The original Hellboy is coming, Shaun of the Dead, Terminator Salvation, The Big Lebowski, which is one of the greatest movies of all time, I don't care what you say it is, come fight me if you think otherwise, and District 9. And then finally, one of the last Marvel movies that's going to be added to Netflix is Marvel's Infinity War. So about six months, so, wait, twelve, just about seven, eight months after it came out, it is now on Netflix. So starting in December, you'll be able to watch that to get you hyped for the final one. But that's it for TV, folks. Let's kind of get into movies, huh? A lot of shit went down in movies this week. I did see uh, *Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald*. We'll we'll talk about that kind of last, just because I want to get into some spoilers and things like that. But uh, a lot of news uh, came out that Aquaman is doing a promotion with Amazon and Fath- Or no, what is that? Uh, Adam Adam Events. They're the ones that you can buy your movie tickets through. That not not the opposite of Fandango, essentially. But if you have a Amazon Prime account, you can actually see Aquaman a week early if there's a showing in your area and granted as tickets are available, but you can actually see it on December 15th a week early. How about that? That's pretty awesome, right? That that's not really a a thing. That's cool that it's being offered. I wonder if they're going to have like rules and stipulations about like uh, review embargoes and things like that, like, like they normally would. But I- I'm guessing not because if they're releasing it a week early to the public, essentially, what amounts to the public, I'm guessing it's already going to be out in other parts of the world to make sense. So that way, you know, they have a control over those people that see it. So they don't have to worry about them leaking anything already because it will just be out for the general pop population a week later and then in, in other parts of the world because, you know, people have the internet and access to these things already. We also got a first look at the Monster Hunter movie, which is being directed by Paul W S Anderson, who did all the, uh, all the Resident Evil movies. He actually he's actually married to Mila Jovovich too, who's in Monster Hunter. Surprise, surprise, nepotism at its finest. But it actually looks like they're sticking very true to the the game. They showed uh, armor sets that they said are all taken directly from the game. One of the characters in the picture has this giant like sword that he's got um like across his back i i guess I, I i don't know i but it's actually a sword from the game he will wield it in the movie which is getting a lot of people excited cuz sometimes they'll they'll tend to change a lot of things and adapt it so it fits but from what it seems like is Paul W.S. Anderson is like a huge monster monster hunter fan himself and he wants to stay true to the games as much as possible Which he kind of did with the Resident Evil movies as well. And those were successful movies to a point. So he knows what he's doing. I know people always say video game adaptations don't work. Yet they forget about the Resident Evil ones. Mainly because it's not a direct adaptation. Just like this one isn't going to be a direct adaptation. But at least the first look pictures look look good. And a lot of people are, are happy about that. Venom has been doing surprisingly well. It actually made more money than the original Guardians of the Galaxy film, despite being panned by critics. A lot of users still liked it. I, I never went to see it, which, I, I don't know. I'll watch it when it comes out, but I just, why well, make a Venom movie without Spider-Man? I know they're living in this complicated, this, this complicated rules of, of how they're sharing Spider-Man, and they kind of want to do something different, but how long can this... Sony Marvel Universe last without Spider-Man, you know. So that that's going to be going to be interesting how that goes on. But to go along with that, Sony actually has announced that they have two other Sony Marvel movies uh being scheduled to release in 2020. No word on that if that's going to be a Venom sequel or if it's uh also includes that Mor- Morbius the Living Vampire movie which they just started filming with Jared Leto, which is also Based on a Sony villain. Uh, More Aquaman news. Julie Andrews will actually have a voice role in the film. Which is surprising because she has no part of the Mary Poppins Returns. Which is a sequel to her original Mary Poppins role. But she's actually going to have a voice role. It's going to be a little bit altered they said. But she does have a voice role in Aquaman. Which is really cool. So just, just be on the lookout for that. But that's true. Also... Uh, got news Tim Allen was on one of the late night shows and he dropped a bomb that Keanu Reeves is going to be in Toy Story 4 and will have a role similar to Buzz Lightyear no word yet on who the character is obviously it's we just got teaser trailers for it last week so we'll know more in the coming months cuz it, it doesn't come out till June i'm I, I think i think June or July so no word yet on that and one little more quick hit before we get into like the meat and potatoes of, of today's discussion. Peter Weller will apparently not be back for Neil Blomkamp's direct sequel to the original RoboCop. So he will not be playing Alex Murphy RoboCop in, I think, what they're calling RoboCops, Re- RoboCop Returns. So I already don't want to see the movie. So fuck that shit. Alright, we had a whole host of trailers get dumped on us this week, people. And I mean like a metric ton of movie trailers, which is about four. But anyway, uh, first things first, the final Aquaman trailer dropped on Monday. And holy shit, this movie looks epic. They showed off, they finally showed off um, Willem Dafoe's character, uh, Volko, who kind of trained Arthur or Aquaman. They had some epic shots of him in his, his traditional comics look. And some awesome Atlantis shots like this movie looks killer, and it it's out in about a month. I can't fucking wait for this shit. Like there's so much fun being had in this trailer that it's it's got a lot. It's got me excited, and it it's it's it. I haven't been this excited for a DC movie in in a long time, probably since not before Justice League, probably before Batman vs Superman came out. And I, I like that movie. I, I think I've stated before, I'm, I'm a big fan of Batfleck. I'm a big fan of, of of the current DCU, DCEU, or Worlds of DC, whatever they want to call it. But this is the first time I've been really, really, really excited for a DC movie since, uh, since it started. And even some other people who are kind of like on the fence, and they're like, oh my god, they didn't even want to finish watching the trailer. are like, okay, I just want to see the movie now, because it it's just so much fun is being had, and there's a lot going on, and it looks like there's going to be some good tension, a good story is happening in here. So that that's what I'm excited about. There's some good jokes in there, and it, you could tell that Jason Momoa is playing just like like typical surfer dude, just kind of careless doing his own thing which they kind of hinted at in Justice League and stuff but you're getting more of that like he thinks he's already just already ready to save the world and stuff and in reality he's just unprepared and it's going to be an origin story without being an origin story which which I really like so I'm I'm excited that they're they're doing this uh the next trailer that got dropped was a trailer for Once Upon a Deadpool and it's just like Totally, what you expected for a trailer, for a re-release of Deadpool at Christmas time that they said they're focusing on, to be like a Princess Bride. So it's got Fred Savage in the same room and the same outfit in the bed, but instead of Peter Falk as the grandpa reading the story, it's Deadpool reading the story, and Fred Savage kind of wakes up and's like, "What am I doing here?" And Deadpool's like, "You you kind of need me. I'm gonna read you this story. It's 'cause you're taped to the bed, kind of thing." Uh, they showed off some new scenes that weren't in the original movie which is kind of the point of this cuz it's all going to be told from from Deadpool's standpoint but toned down cuz it's PG-13 but then Deadpool says something about Marvel he's like oh it's a Marvel movie to Fred Savage is like yeah but you're fox's marvel and you're that's kind of like uh it it's a mo- it and then he I don't remember but he makes this funny joke about like uh, something about being like discount marvel and he's like yeah that's like uh that's like saying the yeah the the Be- it the beatles produced by it's like the beatles being produced by nickelback it's music but it sucks and and uh deadpool's like oh you are so much nicer as a kid but but uh, you can tell that they're going to have a lot of fun with this movie uh, it comes out for a week only in december a dollar of every ticket sale goes to charity so it's worth seeing uh, it's going to fuck cancer, the charity, or they're calling it um, fudge cancer for you know the whole PG thirteen thing. So it's 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 worth seeing. It's worth it's a it's a good cause if if you go and see it. So that trailer was really funny. Not a whole lot to talk about there, just because they the movie's already out and they only added like two or three extra scenes. But if the banter between Fred Savage and Deadpool in this trailer is an, in any indication, then Looks like we're going to have something good on our hands in in the final product. Also, got a trailer for Lego Movie 2, unexpectedly. Looks like Chris Pratt is playing two different characters in this one. One of them being just like a a mock of all his big characters in movies right now. Uh, They're making fun of his character in The Magnificent Seven. And especially uh, Owen Grady from the Jurassic World franchise... And Star-Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy. So that that looks really funny. They added some new characters that seems they're going to be going off into space more or less. To, to rescue, was it Lucy or Wild Style? And some of the the major people are returning from the first film. Uh, looks like without Liam Neeson and no Morgan Freeman. Because those characters were kind of, not killed off, but I I don't see if there's any place for them in in this new one from what it seems like but I'm excited for this I love the first movie first movie was great Phil Lord Chris Miller so they they knew how to interject jokes for adults even though it was a kids movie it looks fantastic just the first one and now the second one just the the, what they were able to pull off in um, both I guess stop motion and computer animation with with the Lego was just um, amazing was amazing what they they were able to do. They shut off Tiffany Haddish's character in this new one. She seems to be everywhere nowadays. She's she's really funny. So I I expect her to have a great character. She plays this like queen that can kind of change into whatever she wants. So that that will be some interesting things to see how they they do that with different Lego uh Lego elements and and things like that. But I'm I'm excited to see where they wait where they take this. But I'm very excited for Lego Movie 2, the second part comes out next year. Looks to be uh, building off the first one, it, it is written by Phil Lord and Chris Miller. They're they're not coming back to direct, but they, they did have their hand in it, so it should have some, some good jokes and, and storytelling in there. But the one trailer that was the most surprising of all, and this dropped Thanksgiving Day uh, during the Lions game. It's very fitting. But we got a trailer for the live-action remake of The Lion King. Disney's The Lion King, which has been... Under uh, in the works now for a couple years to a uh, live action remake of the 1994 original, being directed by John Favreau, who also did the live action Jungle Book remake, the Iron first two Iron Man movies, obviously. But while the only voiceover we got was James Earl Jones reprising his role as Mufasa, we did get to see some different characters like Simba. As, essentially, it's it's the same exact trailer that they put out for the original movie, just done in the new animation style, and everything like that. And holy shit, it looks amazing. My jaw fucking dropped at how fucking real this looks. Like, it's, it's extreme photorealistic. I know people are like, how is it a live action if it's just, you know, CG? I'm like, well, I would say it's live action because it's photorealistic. It's not meant to be like a like a cartoon it's supposed to be look as as real as as possible and I'm I'm assuming that's what what they're going for but holy shit it, it's I, like I, I don't even know how to describe how fucking cool it looks and obviously people are all like emotional about it because I saw a lot of memes like oh now we gotta watch Mufasa die in high def now and and all this other stuff but this was a trailer I was not expecting. We've had a lot of drops for the Disney live-action remakes in in a short amount of time, which and they're all coming out within like a couple months of each other. So next year is going to be huge, huge for for Disney re-releases or, or remakes, I should say. But oh damn, like I, you need to go watch this trailer online like now because it's just I don't even know how to describe it. It got me It got me like, excited, because I was a little worried about an Aladdin remake, and if they didn't handle it well, it, it could have been bad. They didn't show off Timon and Pumbaa, they didn't show off Simba as an adult, but they didn't show Scar, but it, it showed all the cast, and no word yet on, on if they're going to be doing all the musical numbers like they used to. I mean, I think they were kind of going for that when they cast Donald Glover as adult Simba, because obviously he can sing. And and things like that. So it'll, it'll be interesting. That comes out in June, if I'm not mistaken. But that was the trailer drop uh, that we had. A lot of them. Like I said, four trailers in one week is like a metric ton when it comes to movie trailers, because they usually don't get dropped that often. Still no word yet on a Avengers four trailer that was supposed to that was rumored to be dropping on Black Friday. Obviously that didn't happen. But Hopefully, a lot of you guys got awesome deals on Black Friday and Cyber Monday. And let's kind of go into... I, I don't... There's a couple things I want to talk about still. Mostly, I'm going to do my review of Crimes of Grindelwald right now. I will be doing a spoiler discussion at the end, so just just keep an eye out on for that. And then after that, we'll talk about the Halo... Actually, no. Let, let's do the Halo Legendary Crate now. So that way, at the end, when I talk about spoilers, you guys don't have to worry about coming back or clicking off. That way... I'll just say when I'm going to be talking about that, and then that way you can stop listening if you haven't seen the movie. Or listen if you want to have it spoiled and kind of want to think about that before you go into the movie. Okay, let's talk about the Halo Legendary Crate. This month's theme uh, was Scout. Well, it's bi-monthly. It's the special Halo Crate. I've talked about it before. Uh, So the Scout theme, they kind of were focusing on uh, Halo icon Spartan June A266, who, if you're unaware or never played Halo Reach, was actually one of the only surviving members of Noble Team to make it off Reach alive after the events of that and the game Halo Reach, uh, first introduced then. And a lot of stuff relating to Halo Reach, which they've kind of been doing with, uh, I think, what are we on, Uh, the third set of of Halo, oh no, I think we're on the fourth, the fourth set of, of Halo Legendary crates um they've been doing reach like carter was the first one he's the team leader uh came with this awesome noble team battle scarf which is kind of like a camo green and and themed uh, around june a nice mug that's actually like ceramic it's uh it's a real it's uh it's it's high quality unlike some of the other mugs that they've come out with this awesome shirt that's a UNSC scout shirt. It almost looks like a major league sports logo but with June on it. A data drop on a mongoose. I, I still don't like what they're doing with the data drops in this uh this one. They they they've been focusing on vehicles. I like the ones that like expanded on the lore in the the the, the first set before this essentially. And then uh this this month's pin was a mongoose pin, and I actually got the gold variant. So that was really cool, because it, it's fun to get the variants. You don't always get those. And then the poster, as they all come with a poster, is a, a nice shot of, an action shot of June uh, with his sniper rifle kind of going into battle with, like, a ghillie suit on and, and things like that. So really, really like this month's theme. The figure of June, which is the the Icons series is what they call it, is really awesome. It's him in this this awesome sniper pose. And I actually, like, put him up higher on some things, as opposed to where I would normally put some collectibles, just kind of if he was in like a a sniper's nest, essentially, and, and that that really fits. Overall, really great crate this month. I'm 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 digging it. Granted, I won't get another one for about another month and a half, so uh, be on the lookout though. Next week we should be talking about November's loot crate, but as of right now, that's it. Let's get right into Crimes of Grindelwald. So, Fantastic Beasts: Crimes of Grindelwald. It's the second in that series. 100%, I would give it an 8.7. Uh, kind of contrary to what has been going on. A lot of people aren't big fans. If you look at the the um, rotten scores, they're, they're not the greatest. Uh, Critic scores are, are not good either, which is kind of reflective of the first one. It's The first one had better reviews, but still not not great. Not on par with the Harry Potter series. But overall was a little slow in parts, uh, but over, other than that, though, it had awesome visuals, amazing fight scenes, and, and the way they were able to work in the spells. The The story was really interesting how that played out. Obviously, I think it's a, a couple years or a year or two after the first movie. Uh, it takes place in 1927, mostly in Paris. So we, we get to see a lot of the French Ministry of Magic, so it expands on the lore a lot. But I'll, I'll get into that when we when we start talking about spoilers. Uh interesting how the American they 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 in the first movie they make a point of saying that the Americans don't have a Ministry of Magic. They have a magical congress essentially. It's uh, called Macusa if you're into Harry Potter lore. But in this one they call it the American Ministry of Magic. I'm I'm guessing mainly cuz they don't want to focus on it too much and it's it's just kind of there in the beginning. They have the pres- the the Magical president, or I don't, I don't know what they they call them, like the like the Minister of Magic in in the Harry Potter, or in in England, you would uh, the UK, I guess. But uh, she's back from the first one. It's them transporting Grindelwald to the UK, uh, to to Europe to answer for his crimes, because we we all know he got captured at the end of the first Fantastic Beasts. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I I don't know why. If you like Harry Potter, you'll you'll like the Fantastic Beast movies. Regardless, don't don't listen to what other people might say who don't know any better. But it's it's interesting how the prison for the American Magical Society is in the middle of New York, whereas opposed to the Brits who have Azkaban out in an island in the middle of the North Sea, <laughs> where like no one can get to, and if someone escapes, they're not just going to be out in public. But they they bring in Nicholas Flamel, uh, who. If you've read at least the first Harry Potter, that's who the Philosopher's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone is referring to. The, the great alchemist, Nicholas Flamel, who was able to essentially live forever because, because he's an alchemist and figured out a way to use a stone to prolong his life. And more background with with Um Newt Scamander and his brother and the family dynamic, especially with Leto Lestrange... A lot of cool stuff with with Dumbledore, and then Hogwarts in the past, and you can kind of see how much Hogwarts has changed essentially. But I, I will say this: it felt like the Deathly Hallows Part One, in terms of it's it's setting up something bigger, like the third. I I know they said they wanted to make like five Fantastic Beast movies. I don't know if they can drag it out for that long. Three I think would be perfect, uh, because the Fantastic Beast book, which was just kind of like an addition, like an additional like side thing you could buy back in the day with Harry Potter, is maybe, maybe 50 pages long. Like this isn't like a Hobbit situation where they dragged a short novel into a ridiculously overbloated three movie thing. This is them turning something that was on the side that didn't really have a lot of background. It was mainly just on different beasts and them turning it into a huge story revolving around Newt Scamander, so granted, it, it's a loose adaptation of that book, it's it's just, they're using that as a jumping off point, but you can tell that they're setting up something big for the third movie, which you know is going to happen anyway, just because it's Harry Potter, people will see it, it they, there's no question about that, but now, let's get into spoilers here, so this is, uh, I will still give a timestamp stamp of, of when I finish, just so if you want to hear the send off, Or anything like that. But if you are cautious and have not seen the movie yet. It will have been out a week and a half at this point. By the time this publishes and you're listening at least. If you have not seen the movie or plan on seeing it in December. In the winter time. Anything like that. Stop listening now. Okay. Now. 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 This is your final spoiler warning. Spoilers end at the 57 minute mark. Okay. So, welcome to me, my spoilers. I'm not that. I'm kind of stealing that from IO Nine, but I'm not really, cause that's just a pun, essentially. But what the hell was with that reveal at the end of the movie? Like, um, Credence is a, a a Dumbledore. Where the fuck did that come from? Like, I, I'm okay. <sighs> All right. As I was saying before, with the movie. You know, they're they're kind of showing things differently in the past. But there is a whole fuck-ton of retconning going on with this movie. And J.K., thank God J.K. wrote this. Because if someone else did, why did she okay it? But J.K. Rowling, the author of, of Harry Potter, in the years since the final book was released, has been doing a lot of expanding on the lore. Thank God she's doing it herself. Because it, if if she allowed... Like what George Lucas did and, and Star Trek and some other um, people to expand on the lore themselves, we'd be up to our noses in in just shit from from the world of Harry Potter. But J.K. has been been expanding on the lore a lot, and you know this is when we found out Dumbledore was gay, and this comes up in this current film. We found out more about uh, I Alver I Alvermorny the the American school because they needed to get that set up for the first Fantastic Beasts films. We're starting to learn more about Grindelwald and and other characters because we we had hints of them in in the Deathly Hallows and the what was the the sixth one the um, Half Blood Prince things like that. But but there is just so much retconning going on in this one. So now we find out McGonagall's in the movie as well. Uh, just a throwaway cameo. It's not. It's not, um, oh, it's a younger woman playing her, but we're, we're, we're seeing Hogwarts in the past. So a, their uniforms are different. So they have blue robes now that look more like, um, traditional, like British university robes. Their regular uniforms without robes look completely different. Looks like they had a little more freedom in terms of, of dress as opposed to how they had a dress, uh, in the the 20th cent or the late 20th century, you know, when Harry was there in, in terms of like the skirts and and vests and things like that. And apparently Dumbledore used to rock three-piece suits. McGonagall used to rock like traditional 20s wear. So my question is, what made him decide to start dressing like a wizard and less like a muggle? And also when could uh, ministry officials just roll up on Hogwarts unannounced? So I, I I don't know what's going on here in in terms of of how that plays out. But then we find out that Credence, uh, who Ezra Miller plays, is actually a Dumbledore. The whole movie we're led to believe that he is a long lost Lestrange from the line, uh, a, a pure blood line essentially. Uh, he's a and what is it? Uh, 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 Grindelwald is trying to get him to come to him because his whole thing is he, he's essentially he's always been alluded to as wizard Hitler. You know he 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 wants to wipe out all of uh, the Muggles. He wants to wipe out like half breeds things like this. He only focuses on purebloods and and obviously they they drive that fact home because he's blonde and blue eyed, but it it's. They they don't have a lot of beasts in this movie, which I liked about the first one. And you know, it's it's called Fantastic Beasts, but they kind of focus on this 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 story. And and my main thing with this is if he is a Dumbledore, he's not related to Albus directly. He's gonna be a dis a cousin or something like that, because if you're deep into Harry Potter lore, Albus had two known siblings, Aberforth, who we meet in the Deathly Hallows was his older brother, and they had a falling out. And then Ariana, who was killed, everyone thinks, by, by Grindelwald in a big fight they had a long time ago. But the problem is, Albus's mother died young, and Albus's father has been locked up in Azkaban, especially at this point in 1927 when the movie takes place. Credence, in no way, shape, or form, is possible, or, or in no way, shape, or form could have been born at a point... That makes sense for him to be directly related to Albus as a brother, in essence. He'd have to be a cousin at this point. Then they go on this weird tangent that says, uh, it's been said with Dumbledores that a, a phoenix will appear in times of need. And then a fucking phoenix appears at the end of the movie to, to, to Credence, who turns out to be this like extremely powerful wizard who can fucking destroy mountains with, with one spell. Which is insane, because not even... Grindelwald could never have done that. They never showed Dumbledore being able to do that, and they sure as hell never showed Voldemort able to do that. So I don't know how the fuck this guy has this power. Maybe it's cuz he's a uh, what is he's that um, that creature that that like harnesses power and gets just so pent up with that the black smoke creature. I, I don't remember what it what it's called, but that's weird. So also They kill off Lita Lestrange, who's apparently supposed to be the last Lestrange child, which then makes me wonder, how the fuck does Bellatrix exist? Because if if the last pure-blood Lestrange, or the last Lestrange, essentially, male heir, was supposed to be who everyone thought Credence was, died, how is there still a Lestrange family, decades later, uh, uh, harassing Harry Potter and giving birth to Malfoy's? That doesn't make any fucking sense. And then also a big thing that came out before the movie came out, Nagini, who was Voldemort's snake essentially, is a person now. Because she's a what's called a maledictus and they can transform at will up into a point where they they, they once they transform they'll never be able to go back into human form. Well, she is a bit callous and out for herself in this movie. Doesn't seem like she's the type of person that would join with Voldemort. Mainly because she doesn't want to join Grindelwald. And Voldemort was trying to emulate that later in in, in time. So my big thing is. Uh, does she just go crazy when she becomes a snake forever? Or like how does she get entangled with Voldemort. And being a horcrux. Which would amount to be about. Oh about 20 or so years later. After this movie. Because. Tom Riddle Tom Riddle is is born in 1926 according to the Harry Potter Wikia, which you know based on Pottermore and things like this so the the whole Tom Riddle gets Nagini at least 20 years from now after you know he's graduated from from uh, Hogwarts and all that so so I don't I don't understand where how she goes from Sympathizing with somewhat good people to becoming, uh, I don't know, hell bent on destroying people. Something shitty must have happened, and and I'm sure they'll expand on that in the in the third one. But but still, how how the hell is there a Lestrange later? I I know Bellatrix. I know, I know I mentioned Bellatrix, and I know she's she's married in because I know she's part of the the Black family with with Sirius and all that stuff. But I, I, there's so much changes going on that that I I don't understand if if. I, I think J.K.'s starting to lose it, in, in all honesty, but that that's, I, I just, I don't know. And, and it'll be interesting to see where they go with the third one with this. I know that a third one is is what's putting the Flash movie on hold, because Ezra Miller obviously is going to be in both, but I, I just, why are they going with the Dumbledore? And, and it turns out at the end that Dumbledore can't fight Grindelwald because they made a blood pact, forever ago when they were young in love men and they're kind of hinting at that he might destroy it uh, this blood pact because Newt was able to steal it from, from Grindelwald but like what why, why are they doing this they they don't mention a lot of this stuff later on and and I don't I just I, I don't know why she's she, granted hindsight is 2020 and you can go back and change things way later way way later but I, I, I just I feel like JK is getting trapped in in this thing where like, oh, I have to make the fans happy and and all this this other stuff. But but she needs to be a little bit cautious. The fans need to like dial it back a shit ton because you know they're like just clamoring for more. But if she keeps doing this, um, she can either piss a lot of people off by just creating and doing some really strange things or... Or it could kinda go and I, I don't know, it could go into the this weird thing where it doesn't uh where she actually expands on it and it's actually good, but it there's a very fine line here. Very, very fine line. And and with that though, I don't know. That that's the main thing I wanted to talk about on on just why the fuck is it a Dumbledore? Can we can we have some expansions? to like universes that don't revolve around like the smallest fucking family trees. Like like I get the Skywalker stuff is all about the Skywalkers cuz that that's what that is. But like they they and Rogue One was kind of that was expected, but with the Solo stuff, there was still just too much going on that made the galaxy just seem too small. And that's kind of what we're getting here with with um with Fantastic Beasts. And I really hope I really hope that we get some people that aren't directly related to stuff in the movies. And maybe get some characters that were always in the books but never pro- portrayed on screen. Can can we just get that, please? Let's not make new characters like Kama, who's in this one, but maybe some people that never actually got to be on screen that were in the book. Can can we do that, please? That That's all I ask. That's all I ask. But that's it for spoilers. As always, I'm your host, Nick. This was Nick's Nerd News. Fuck, we made it to thirty episodes, huh? And as always, you know, I, I always say, fuck the haters, do what you want to do, be your own person, okay? Just 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 go on and live your life. It doesn't life isn't meant to be wasted on what other people think, what other people feel. Just just be yourself and doesn't matter who who says otherwise, huh? Unless you're breaking the law. That that's that's a different story entirely. But Follow me on Instagram, nix.nerd.news. Follow me on Twitter at nixnerdnews. Like us on Facebook. (laughs) Yeah, like us on Facebook. Website is coming soon, working on that. And uh, note for next week, going to be a bit of a surprise. Uh, I will not be here. Uh, I have to take a work trip. But someone else should be filling in my stead. And going to be a bit of a surprise. Not someone you've, you've heard before. But he will be filling in next week, so be on the lookout for that. But as always, catch you on the flip side.